I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello, it's Blizzard Watch time. We're watching Blizzard. It's what we're doing. Hi, everybody. I'm Matt. I'm your host. With me this two week, two people. They're just so good. Such good people. I don't know why I feel like I've turned into a dog this week. Anyway, hi. Ann Stickney here. Hi. Say hi to Ann. Hi. Also with us, Alex. Say hi, Alex. Hi. Let's just jump into top stories. Nope, not even going to start. Go. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Overwatch PTR dropped this week. Uh, It's got the new competitive mode in it, right? It dropped today, actually, this morning. Yeah. So um, if you aren't at home right now or if you are like, you know, haven't looked yet on your Battle.net launcher, if you go to Overwatch and you have Overwatch, it's only on Overwatch PC, obviously. Um, it's not on consoles, but the PTR is basically, it's, it's the same thing as any kind of WoW PTR. You go in and you select your region and there's a little thing there that says Overwatch PTR. If you don't see it on your launcher, restart your launcher. Cause there was an update this morning to that as well that I think probably kicked it into motion, but yeah. Um, so it's competitive play is what they're testing out? It's competitive play mode, yeah. They, they've got the test out for that. There were a few bug fixes along with it. Um, they introduced the new um, reward system for competitive play. So basically you can get like new sprays. I think they said that there's um, competitive points or something like that, if I remember correctly. And you can use those points to buy golden weapons for your heroes so that everybody can see visually almost immediately that, oh, yeah, okay, you do competitive mode a lot and you're real good at it. Um, I think that data miners said something like 300 points a piece for the weapons i'm not sure how many a, points do you get from stuff good question um or i know that the yeah i don't know the answer to that yet i know maticus has been messing around with it a little bit this morning um apparently it's like uh when you sign up for competitive mode and you jump in it's you're thrown in with other people and it's the best three out of five matches determines whether or not you win the whole round um and I don't know much more about it than that because I haven't had a chance to like jump in and take a look at it myself. But um, there were also some bug fixes and just some general stuff that they did, uh, changes and things like that. Uh, when you activate Widowmaker's ult now, um, her voice line will be heard pretty much map-wide instead of in one area, which is great. I don't know why they didn't do that to begin with, but all right. McCree's been added as an AI hero in practice versus AI and play versus AI and custom game modes. And then they also removed the prefer avoid player system. And that's because it was apparently causing a lot of problems with matchmaking. And Jeff Kaplan, he went on the forums and he did this really, really, really long post. And we wrote a post on it and you should probably go read that. But if you're interested in Overwatch MMR and matchmaking rankings and how that works exactly, because he wrote basically, it's like a short novel (laughs) on, on how it works and what they're looking to get out of it and everything else. And one of the problems that they were having with the matchmaking systems and the reason that they were that they took out that whole that whole ranking system of prefer avoid was because they had people who were marking people as avoid 
not because they were being toxic or anything, but just because they were really good players. So, oh. yeah, one of the top Widowmaker players out there was complaining about the matchmaking system because it took him forever to get into a game. And it's because people were marking him with avoid this player. And it wasn't because he was a terrible person or anything. It wasn't because he was, you know, talking smack or, or being toxic or anything like that. It was just, just kicking their butts. It was I mean, he was just kicking their butts so hard that they didn't want to run into him again. <laughs> Yeah, that's it's kind of weird because I've seen, also seen a lot of people have the opposite experience where they would mark to avoid somebody who was being super toxic, but the game would ignore that and they would just keep end up ending up in games with this person. Right. Like the game didn't even take it into consideration. So hearing that somebody who was being avoided was having problems finding matchmaking, it's like, well, why couldn't I avoid the people I wanted to avoid? Well, and the problem with it, too, was that by the time this guy actually got into a match, he had been waiting so long that they basically stuck him in with a bunch of lower level players. So it's these lower level players without a ton of experience against this amazingly ranked Widowmaker that's been playing it forever and is really, really good at Widowmaker. And that wasn't particularly fair either. You know what I mean? So... They went ahead and disabled it. They did state that players that are toxic, if you run into toxic players or people that are just being jerks or whatever, you should still use the report feature because they are taking that into consideration and looking at that and dealing with those players on a case-by-case basis. So um, that's what's going on with that. Cool. All right. Um, Also going on right about now, uh, last week they had one of the developer chats um, about Legion. And one of the things I thought really worth mentioning, and there were quite a few things, but one of the things I thought was really worth mentioning was basically they've come out and said, you know, it's the thing where we're trying to do an expansion every year isn't working. Uh, so they're not going to try and do that anymore. They're just going to try and do the expansions and then have more content after a certain point, like have more patches and so forth, which I think is possibly the, the best approach they could take because it it will at least alleviate okay, this is the last patch of Warlords and we'll see you next year for Legion. Yeah. Which has been the, like, that's been pretty much what's happened the last three expansions, I think. Like, um, Cataclysm, well, Wrath- what was the break between Cataclysm and Mist? I don't remember it, it being, long. it wasn't a year though, was it? It was like eight months. It was, it was lengthy. And then the, of course, you know, we had the never-ending Siege of Orgrimmar at the end of Mists, yeah. and now Siege with Orgrimmar, Warlords... Siege of came out to like 14 months. Right, and now with Warlords, we've got the never-ending Tanan Jungle, so it, yeah. it's interesting to me, anyway, <laughs> that like, the more they tried to do this yearly expansion thing, the less it worked. Yeah, I don't comparatively. Think that, as, a, as a development house, Blizzard has never been great at pushing content out. They're not a push content out group. They're a, well, it'll get out when it's out, but it'll be good house. That's just how they do it. And I really feel like if you look at, especially Warlords, I mean, if you look at the uh, Mists to Warlords and Warlords to Legion thing, what ends up happening with with Mists, with Mists, they were developing content at a brisk pace. I mean, they were putting out patches every couple of months. I remember writing a thing saying, "This is this the best they've ever done? Because they were putting out just patch after patch really close together. And they were robust patches full of all kinds yeah. of things to do. And then there was that, you know, last patch dropped. Okay, here's Siege of Orgrimmar. And then nothing for like... Kind of radio silence. Yeah. yeah. And I, if they can basically marry the, the patch robustness of Mists with like actually getting more patches out, even if it means taking a little bit longer between them. Like, I honestly feel like they should have put an extra month in every patch that they did for mists. Yeah. Uh, and then it would have actually been the near close to the perfect patch cycle. But it, in terms of like it, having more stuff after, like, I don't know if they're going to have more stuff after their big patch. Like if we'll have the, this is the final confrontation against the burning Legion. And now six months of filler patches or if they're going to just make it take, if they're just going to do more patches in an expansion, uh, I would be okay with either, but I'd really like it if it was more patches in an expansion. And I'll just say this. I honestly like it better when they do stuff that is sidereal to the main quest of the expansion, the main thrust. Like, I like it when you have an Alduar. I like it when you have a Karazhan, which doesn't really... Yeah, go it, into it, the main thing of 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 Burning Crusade. If you have like a patch that just 
it's a side place to go. I actually like those. Even in questing, you know, they always tend to build up these side stories and these other cool, like, tertiary things. And, but they don't really do anything with it because the, the raid churn tends to come back to this central thing. And like the Arakoa in Warlords, they were in the final raid, but they were just kind of like shoved in there because they didn't do anything else with the Arakoa anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, let's just include them in this final raid. But why are they there? I don't know, because we need a boss that's Arakoa. I don't know. Well, they had an Arakoa who was a bad guy. But yeah, I get your point. And they had and that short what... story that came out that kind of explained it a little bit further, but it wasn't really But it wasn't it's... handled as, as well as it could have been. Yeah, it's just they just tend to do that a lot. That these side stories like, um, what is it? You know, they could have done more with, for example, the Claxi, you know. They could have. Mm-hmm. They could have had a whole arc with that, but it's like, nah, well, we got to put them in Siege of Orgmore. To, to be fair, I can't really say that so much about Missa Pandaria because Missa Pandaria had so many patches and there was so much story in each of those patches. And yeah, I would have liked to have seen more of the Klaxi, but in the face of everything that we got, it, it, it almost wasn't necessary per se. We we did get a mantid we got like a mantid raid and then the Shah of Fear raid so it's not like there wasn't anything else about the mantid. I mean, disclaimer: I didn't think too hard about what I was just saying. I was just thinking of like not orc people. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm, yeah. I'm, to- I'm totally okay. I would have totally been okay with like after we got. You could have even been after siege. What about like an entire patch or two just about cleaning up the mess we made? That, that isn't, there's no raid, just yeah. us fixing something. I, I wish we had gotten some kind of... That's the thing that's always kind of been missing from each expansion is that we don't really... Well, I mean, we kind of got something... No, no, I wouldn't even call... I wouldn't even call Ruby Sanctum that kind of a thing. We've never had a resolution patch yeah, Ruby Sanctum Where, wasn't a resolution patch. It was just, you know, hey, it, it Death was Wink here. Up. Here's wink, wink, something showing up that may or may not tie to the next expansion, and it turns out it did. But like, yeah. it we never, we never really, got, we've never really gotten one of those patches that actually like put a tidy bow on the end of the story. It was, it was always like, here's the final cinematic of this last raid, and that's it. And it almost it. Particularly with Mists, because obviously Mists, we destroyed a whole heck of a lot of stuff. With Mists, it would have been nice to have some kind of closure thing going on. Even with Warlords, it would be nice to have some kind of closure thing going on. Because yeah, right now, I mean, as it stands, it's just like, you're all like, yeah, we'll be here if you need us. And that's it, you know? Yeah, and I mean, we kind of need her. I'm just saying, Legion, Urel, come help out. Where is she? I totally would. I totally would, but... um. I I really got to clean this up. It's just it's gonna start stinking. You understand? You you go do. I'll be over here. Um, our world is being invaded by the Burning Legion. Then when we stop from invading you, so they're invading us for revenge. And that was really nice of you. Anyway, I gotta go. Yeah. There's... Meanwhile, Velen's like over her shoulder, just sort of you know like doing the line across the throat. No, no, cut it. Cut cut communications, you Stop talking there's... to them. <laughs> They've done enough. Oh, aren't I, aren't I <laughs> we slash and burn. We peace out and we move on to the next thing to destroy. I mean, I think we, whether we want to or not, have left as much destruction in our wake as any of our bad guys. Because we just leave after somebody wrecks up the place. It would be nice if there was some kind of conclusion. But I mean, I'd even be okay with something that's more the style of Vanilla. Where instead of having like a big overarching plot that goes through every raid and every dungeon. If we have dungeons and raids that are just not connected. They're just... Yeah. This is a place. There's bad guys in it. Let's go here. Oh, hey, the, you know, it turns out there's, you know, Ammonar the Coldbringer in the middle of these, like, you know, Quillbore people. Okay, whatever. You know, I just, one of the things I liked about Vanilla was that the raids, they, there was some channeling between them, like Molten Core and Ixia's Lair had a reason they sent you to Blackwing Lair, but you didn't, like, AQ didn't really have anything to do with it. And when you went to Nax, there was a quest to go to AQ, but it wasn't like, part of Nax, it was just there if you wanted to get that artifact staff I, I felt i feel like it wouldn't be okay you know sure have an overarching story have the legions coming but after the first raids there could be a raid that has has zero to do with the legion it's just a raid it's just a place we go it's just stuff we do it's like if it, you must tie into the main story it's like oh there's a powerful magical thing here go get it yeah just you know, over, you know we have dollar on just have the mages point us point us at something yeah. Makes sense. And 
especially like bring Landalock out of retirement. He now sends you to this this new raid. Remember me? I used to send you all over the place for no particular reason. Well, now I'm back. I'm sending you all over the place for no particular reason. Let's go. I, I honestly feel like you could have a patch or two that is just exploring the bro, you know, the broken isles. I mean, the broken shore. Um, you know, here's a here's a place. Go there. It doesn't have to be Legion related, other than the fact that the threat of Legion means you have to do it. You know. Um, and we could have stuff like after we do whatever we're going to do for the last raid, there could totally be a patch or two that's just, hey, um, now that the Legion's been dealt with, this is happening, you know? So I don't know. I, I think it's a good direction to move in for them. We'll see how they how it actually works out. I really feel like the issue here isn't even how fast patches drop. It's not how it's not how fast expansions come out. It's not how fast patches drop. It's how much content is there and when do you have it. Like, you can't honestly feel like the worst thing that's ever happened to World of Warcraft has been the past few content droughts. For sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, yeah. this whole Blizzard's, you know, we're not going to do it until it's perfect or whatever. Uh, it doesn't work for an MMO. People are paying a subscription. You know, it, it relies on people being invested long term when you're asking people to keep paying a subscription and being invested for a year where there's nothing happening. Like... Well, how many times have we seen people say, I'm not subscribed right now, but I'm going to come back for X. And do like, they? Yeah, <laughs> sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. But they're people who they're, they're not paying you right now. You know, yeah. I, they're, they're waiting for something to drop. You know, they're, they want us to tell them what it's what, you know, how many people have asked me, you know, can you tell me this about Legion? Because, you know, I'm thinking about coming back. And it's like that person would have been playing if you'd given them something to do. Yeah. So, yeah, Warcraft that's... players are notor notoriously voracious when it comes to consuming content. They really they can never get enough, and when there's nothing there, they're really fickle about it. For you know, there's year. if there's if there's no reason for them to log on, if there's nothing for a year, then yeah, they're gonna click the unsubscribe button. Why pay for something that they're not playing? Yeah. So and you can come up with all the shortcuts and and all the you know hey you know play, pay with gold type stuff, but eventually people are just why should I pay for gold with gold when I can just not pay at all? The yeah. thing, the thing about Blizzard is that Blizzard has always been a company, like since since vanilla came out, like since the first game came out, they always they've always been this company that said we don't stick to dates, we release it when it's ready to be released, and that's why you know you saw some expansions where they were delayed a little bit. Burning Crusade was notoriously it was delayed a bit before it actually launched. Um, because it wasn't ready. It just wasn't ready. And they wanted to make sure that they were releasing quality content. And so far, it seemed like they've been chasing this golden ring of one expansion a year. So mm -hmm. long that they're kind of like falling away from that whole releasing the quality stuff in it. And, you know, not necessarily the timeliest of manners, but giving us enough stuff that we're interested in still playing. So well, yeah. I'm kind of okay with them dropping the golden ring and not doing the whole annual expansion thing because i don't think it's necessary as long as they're giving us content as long what, as they're giving us something to do what was a little funny to me uh was ian hazikasta saying you know they view expansions differently than content patches like expansions have new classes new features etc and i was just thinking you know i'm not really interested in those things that qualify them as expansions then <laughs> Uh, some of the new features are cool, like the wardrobe is cool, but like this whole, you know, I could do without a lot of the stuff that Legion is adding if it meant gameplay content. Like a new yeah. zone or a new story yeah. somewhere. Like, okay, if I'm considering buying a new game, I'm not going to buy it on the basis of something like a wardrobe. Is the content good? Is the questing good? Is the story good? Is is fighting stuff good? That's what I care about, and that's what I want in the content patch or an expansion. Just cool places to do quests and and have a story and just get just do you know, cool stuff. You know what we've never seen in any expansion? What? Ever. Imagine if instead of getting a timeless isle or even a Tanan jungle, if you got like, you know, after the expansion de delivered its main thrust, after you got say the you dealt with the Legion, whatever, if they straight up said, Okay, now we have these three new zones. And we're going to put them out in patches and you, you can go explore them. They're all max level stuff. There'll be like a dungeon and maybe a raid in each of them. And it's, they all have their own contained stories. And that came out over the course of the year between, you know, you have a year of the main thrust of the expansion and then you have another year before the next expansion. And in that year, you've got two or three new zones to explore with all stuff to do in them. 
Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And and they're all intended for max level. I really feel like the problem is is people get to max level really fast. So leveling content is great, but and I, I do like that they're trying to make it so the leveling content lasts you. Like once you're level one hundred you can still go back into those zones and do stuff. I think that's a great move. Um but I do think it would be nice to put out like another Suramar or another you know, another zone where you're intended to go in at max level and do stuff. And it doesn't even have to be tied into the... It can certainly be so if they want it to be, but it doesn't have to be tied into the main thrust of Legion at all. Well, that's kind of what they did with Tanan. Like, they released yeah, Tanan, and it's a brand new zone, but... Yeah, but Tanan is still tied in to the whole, you know... Even the, the Timeless Isle, which wasn't really tied in, came out at the same time as the last raid. I mean, literally, we, six months down the road, we'll have a new... Here's a new patch. It's got all this content. Go do So something. here's my question. Do you think it would have been better if they had just released Siege of Orgrimmar and then six months later released the Timeless Isle as like its own little separate thing? Certainly couldn't have hurt. I mean, I, I'm sure some people would have thought, well, this is useless. I don't need gear from this place. I've already got better gear than that. But some people would have been like, stuff to do. Yeah, and you know? I think that's Let's another one. Let's go kill of, some frogs. I think that's another one of the problems WoW has is that everything is based around gear and, and these huge leaps in power. So if you're releasing something after the you know, final raid or whatever and gear is ridiculous and people, the drops, if you're going to give them even better gear and better gear, it's already pretty ludicrous. I mean, I think, I think a big problem WoW has is rewarding people without huge spikes in character power that need to be squished later. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things where you, you start to look at stuff like mounts and cosmetic items and so forth. That was but. one of those things that they actually brought up in the Q&A was the whole item squish thing. And they said they would probably do another squish at the end of this expansion. <laughs> just, I mean, just because yeah. things are starting to get, you know, overpowered all over again. But what can you do? Well, you can squish things. Apparently that is the going answer for this now. But yeah, I can't say that I'm not... Ups- I can't say that I'm really upset that they're that they're going away from this whole idea of doing an expansion a year. I'm perfectly okay with it. Take two years. Take however many. Take however much time you need to develop things. Just keep giving us stuff to do in the meantime. Yeah, that's all we don't, want. Don't take your entire team and put it on like the development of like the expansion to the expense of developing patches for other stuff. And yeah. I, I think that's the core of what everybody thought. Like when people say, "Can we get?" expansions faster they're not like we want to pay you more money faster it's just shorthand for come on guys we can't go a year between content drops just whether that stuff. comes in the form of an expansion <laughs> or a patch can't be a yeah. year in between give us give but us some stuff speaking of you know stuff um both on the ptr and in, in the beta now we can finally really test out the wardrobe because they've allowed character transfers yeah finally... so um i have spent this entire week doing nothing but, but playing? <laughs> importing importing my characters and then messing around in the wardrobe to the point where I have a hard time leveling because the second I get a new drop, I'm like, oh, I gotta make myself look pretty again. Oh, so cool. um, I, I I have gotten a chance to really test this thing out, and one of the things I noticed is they weren't kidding about quest items. I have quest items that I forgot I ever got. Um, I have Lincoln's yeah. Sword of Mastery. Um, I've got the <gasps> original Warrior Whirlwind weapons, all three of them. Dang. I've got like. Yeah, I've got stuff from quests going back. There's a sword that you could you only get in vanilla. That it it's got a unique stained glass pattern on the blade. Oh, it's I like remember gray, that one. It's a gray sword, and I've got that. Um, I've got all this stuff that I that I got from quests. That it's really amazing. It's actually working out very well in my opinion. Um, I I noticed that I pretty much have everything I want. Like now that I've imported like three warriors, uh, I've pretty much gotten every item there's one thing i know i have on a character but i can't import him for some reason like every time i've tried it's just fa- the imports failed i think he's too low level my level 80 death knight has has the sword from zul uh, zul the original raid zul you the should one that, be um, able to import him because i imported a level 15 bank alt yeah i haven't been able to get him in for whatever reason it's just maybe i'm unlucky look the bank alt had some gear in her bags i'm just saying okay that's <laughs> okay. well, it's perfectly fair. Um, so I, I'm just waiting to get that in. But otherwise, I've got all this stuff. I've got stuff that, you know, I've got items like the Blackhand Doomsaw that doesn't even drop anymore. Uh, they have they have lookalikes. Another thing, that's another thing I should point out. People have been asking a lot about this. If you have an item and you have more than one of an item that has the same appearance, the way it works in the wardrobe is if you're looking through the wardrobe tab and not when you're in transmog, 
it lets you click on an item and it will tell you every item that has that appearance and whether or not you've collected it. So, for instance, with the Black Hand Doomsaw, which looks an awful lot like Lantrosaur's Warblade, it will tell you um, collected Lantrosaur's Warblade, collected Black Hand Doomsaw, whether or not you have collected it. It will tell you. It does that with every item that shares an, ap- an appearance. Like, for instance, I've got um, there's a there's two different models for the uh, Obsidian Edge Blade. One is the original vanilla model. Uh, not the original vanilla model, the, the second vanilla model. The original vanilla model is just not there anymore. They switched it. But there's the the vanilla model, and then there's the one that came out in Wrath from Ani's Lair. Mm-hmm. And that one has – there's two for that model because there's the there was the item level 231 and the item level 245 one from 10-man and 25-man. And then there's the one from, from Molten Core. And they don't share the same appearance, but the two that from Wrath do. And it'll tell you, do you which one do you have. Like, okay, you have this one versus that one. Um, I, I've got Quell Serrar, and it tells me which that I've got both original Quell Serrar and the uh, Quell Serrar from, from Ani. It'll How does tell it handle you. recolors? Uh, recolors are considered a different appearance. Hmm. If you have a recolored item, it's a different appearance. For instance, I've got both the Black Blade of Sharam and the, the green Massacre Sword that has the same model but is red. They're different. They're, I, I have both of like- them list the recolor uh, it lists them as separate items well yeah, no no i mean like under a list like if you find something that's one color and there's actually a secondary color oh, for the same model yeah i kind of wish that it would list that but that's okay the, the reason i'm asking is because uh, in the queue the other day i i put a screenshot of something somebody asked me what a specific item in the screenshot was arachnid vest and this is arachnidian vest and i went and i looked at it and it listed all of these different ones that use the same model and i went on wowhead to link it and I noticed the Arachnidian vest is like a teal, and all of the other ones that were listed as having the same model were a bright green. So there were actually different colors, but they were all listed together, and I don't know how on that particular item how you would find which color you want to use. That's a good point. I, that's not the case for the for the um, Black Blade of Sharam versus the uh, uh, the Massacre Sword. The Black Blade of Sharam also mentions the Bleak Blade of Sharam, which is the, the Warlord's version, mm-hmm. because they have the same model and same color. But the Masker Sword is bright red, whereas the the, the Black Blade is, is gray. So they're listed separately. I don't know why they do it differently for weapons. But maybe it's just for those two weapons. I don't know. Can I just say I have one beef with the wardrobe. Just one. Just one thing right. that's really irritating me and making me annoyed. Today, right now, if you log into the game and you don't want your cloak or helm to show, you go into your interface options and you turn off your cloak or helm and it doesn't show, right? doesn't matter if you swap out your helm. It's still not there. It's still not showing up because this is an option you've chosen in the game. In the wardrobe, the way that they've done this is that you have to actually go to a transmog vendor and tell them to turn your helm model off. Now, it doesn't cost you anything. Keep in mind, it doesn't it doesn't cost you anything to do it to, to make it not show either the cloak or the vest or the new shoulders. You can turn your shoulders off with the same thing, but you have to go to a transmog vendor to do it. You can't just do it in your interface wherever you happen to be. So if you happen to get a helm upgrade like in the middle of nowhere in order to make that not show if it's particularly ugly or you just don't want it because it like doesn't match. Like all hats and wow. Like all hats and wow. You have to go back to the transmog vendor to turn it off. And I I personally, I mean, I know everybody right now on the PT, well, on the beta has the transmog yak. Like that's something that everybody has just default. It's there with the characters that you create. I don't have that yak on live. And I don't intend on picking up that yak on live because it costs a lot. So I'm really kind of You're irritated. nearly gold capped. I no I'm not. Aren't you? <laughs> no, Alex is the one that's got the gold cap thing going on. I'm just working on it, right? But I still don't like I don't feel the need to go purchase that yak because there's other stuff I would rather have. Anyway, regardless This is a feature that we used to be able to turn off in the interface and we didn't have to worry about it if we swapped helms or we swapped cloaks. It would always be turned off. That's no longer the case. And that's my only beef with the wardrobe. The rest of it works brilliantly and I love it. That is pretty annoying. I never turn helmets off because I prefer helmets to people's faces. Especially plate helmets are better looking than... I'm just going to say it. Your guy's gear is ugly. (laughs) <laughs> Leather and cloth, ugly. I don't know what the problem is with it. I don't know why you guys look like clowns, but you do. Plate looks good. Um, plate's, plate's good. I don't know why. 
like mail is okay like some mail i like but i really don't like cloth leather and cloth i don't know why especially when they do stuff like the Alduar hats that look like a screaming face is eating your face the dead yoda hat it's like uh, i don't what 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 this looks like and it works even worse on like some characters like Torin. it looks like a dog collar is swallowing your head it, yeah like, seriously yeah you got hit with the um with the collar with the I don't, please don't pick at your bandages collar the dog collar the, the, i generally don't turn off helmets or cloaks i sometimes turn off cloaks but not that often so it's not a big deal for me plus i have the yak the cone of shame what that's what i was trying to remember it looks like a giant cone of shame with a screaming head on top of it on Torin. <laughs> Plus, with cloth, I mean, there's always the problem of matching your, your pants against your dress if you're wearing a dress. Sometimes you are, sometimes you're not. Sometimes you have a tunic on, so your pants have to be matched to your tunic. But sometimes you switch to a dress, and then your pants aren't shown. But then you, you get a new drop, and it's, it's not a dress, so now your legs are showing again. You know what, though? It's like, I think, I think with... Uh... Most of the cloth gear lately, it's all been robes. Like, it's so rare that you see a cloth tunic out there. Most of the cloth tunics that I have on my cloth-wearing characters are things that I got from low-level quests. Super low-level. Yeah. Because once you get to a high enough level, they're like, nope, dresses forever. Even by level 60, you're not wearing tunics anymore. It's all dresses. Yeah. Um, But, you know, not just the hide hat hide cloak thing but i think a lot of the stuff they're doing with the ui and legion is a huge step back um they're removing a lot of ui options just because i guess options are bad i don't know there it, is it, apparently really there unhappy. is there is some modder or another out there that is apparently working on an add-on called um advanced ui or something like that that's adding a lot of those options back or trying to it, it makes no sense that you now need an add-on to get default wow <laughs> i know <behavior>. right <laughs> that yeah, is the, just the dumbest thing that's got nothing to do with the wardrobe but i don't understand why they're doing it yeah it's just wasn't it like it's hard to turn off names now yeah oh it's super like, hard to turn off names it's really annoying it's hard to see your character's stats yeah yeah that's like that's one of the I mean, weird it's collapsed, ones where they uncollapse at all, but it's really bizarre that it starts off default all collapsed. It's just really, and, and you know, they've done all of this stuff and all this streamlining thing, and yet, and yet, with every new character I create, what's the first thing I do? Interface auto loot on. <laughs> it's still not default turned on. It should be every time. It's... It should be, and I don't know why it's not. <laughs> the options, you know, there's people who you know, I have it turned on where the loot box shows up. By my mouse cursor. Uh, I like it that way. Yeah. But there are people who don't. You can't not have it that way anymore. Oh, no. Your loot box will always show up at your mouse cursor, whether you want that or not. There's no way to change it without installing an add-on, which is dumb, because you could just choose which one you wanted with the base UI before. It just seems yeah. like a lot of the changes that they're making, they're making in the name of, you know, kind of simplifying things so that people have, you know easier decisions to make and there's not like a million different options the second you log in to the game and a million different settings that you have to change and things but the things that they're taking away are the things that a lot of people use so it's it's just weird (laughs) that if if they're concerned with you know newbie friendliness you open your ui options you get the basic options you click the advanced button for advanced users and then all of those things that are might be complicated to newbies are there behind the advanced button. Just have it in the base UI instead of making people install an add-on to have control over the UI. Yeah, that'd be nice. Anyway. We should probably at this point move on to emails. Uh, yeah. As is usually the case, if you have an email for us, uh, send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. We'll do our best to answer pretty much any question you send in. Uh, if you... Keep them a little shorter and sweeter and to the point we have an easier time getting them in. There's one email here today that we may or may not get to that is effectively War and Peace. And yeah, we're not going to get I, to that one. Yeah, The uh, longer your email, the less likely we are to <laughs> give it the time of day. I mean, I, I think it's an interesting question, but there's like literally five chapters before you get to it. So that's, that's a problem. <laughs> but we do, you know, we do our best. So please do send us emails. We do Tweet like length is perfect to me. Yeah. These guys might and, disagree. Oh. And you're up, so 
Okay, first email is from Frandel, who says, Hi, everyone. Frandel from, from Of The Q on Nessingwary here. Long-time reader since the site that shall not be named. And you're the reason I actually signed up for Patreon and the first thing I patroned, patroned, whatever the verb is. That's okay, Frandel. We're still trying to figure that one out ourselves. And he says, anyway, I've mained a mage since vanilla, but I rolled a warrior in Cataclysm, and it's been my go-to secondary character since then. I'm thinking about maining this character for Legion. My question is this. I like tanking, but I don't particularly enjoy being a dungeon-slash-raid leader. Obviously, knowing the boss mechanics is important, but I really don't want to be marking poles, explaining fights, or other such things. I just want to run around and punch monsters in the face while everyone else kills them. As a secondary character, i.e. the one that levels up after most other people are geared and know things, this is relatively viable. But is it viable for me to do this as a main character when everyone else is still learning things? It feels like, as a tank, I'm expected to know all these things and be a leader when I really just want to be a meat shield. Thoughts? Thanks again, and keep up all the great work you guys do, Frandall. It. I won't lie to you. Um, tanking, you are expected to, to basically be more in charge of a dungeon run than otherwise, uh, even if you're not. One of the things I do as a tank when I don't particularly feel like leading is say stuff like, I don't know what this does, and have people usually be like, this is what happens, and you can be like, okay, I actually knew that, but now you're talking, so I don't have to say anything. That That's one trick I use, but um, another trick I and I use on these guys too, by the way. I use on these guys all the time. Like we we went and did the uh, we were doing the every run the leveling other day. stream we've ever been in. He does this. <laughs> I like I don't know what's going on here, and they all they fall all over themselves to tell me, and I can basically sit back and drink a soda and be like, yeah, I already knew this. I've done this dungeon, but whatever. Let let them think that I'm an idiot and that they're telling me what to do. It works surprisingly well. Um, but the other thing, I I've tanked for like raids up until mists. And I, I very rarely was a raid leader. Um, you don't actually have to tank in a raid situation and be the raid leader. Usually there's a designated raid leader. And even if you're doing LFR, there's usually somebody who cannot wait to tell everybody what to do. Every LFR I've ever done as a tank, there's somebody waiting to tell everyone what to do. Like There's somebody whose burning desire in life is to tell everyone what to do. You can exploit this person. Just let them uh, do you, it. Let them do what let, they love. Let them do it. If if they're saying things that are intensely stupid or going to get you killed, then you say something. Like, no, that won't work. If you have to, play it up like your class just can't do it. Pretend that you don't have that ability. Like, you, you know, we have to get out of this thing. Oh, that's going to get us all killed. No, um, I can't get out of those things fast. We need to go with something else. And people will be like, most, sometimes someone will be like, no, you can heroic leap out of it. And you'll be like, oh, God. But usually <laughs> you can... You can basically, by being the tank, you can nudge a group without actually telling them anything. Like, you don't have to be in charge. Uh, it's a really important skill to master for your own sanity. Like, you can't... Not every tank is wants to do, like, the be pushy, tell everyone to do all the time thing. It's not, it sh it's not necessary to performance of the role. Can you viably tank and not be telling everyone what to do all the time? Yeah, you can totally do that. It's quite feasible. My personal assumption is always that you know, when I'm DPS or even when I'm a healer, I assume that the tank is in charge because you can't do anything unless the tank is involved. The tank goes in first. The tank has to get the mobs. Uh, you know, if you're the DPS shooting stuff first, you're doing it wrong. So I assume the tank is just going to tell people what to do or what he wants or what she wants. But if the tank at the beginning of a dungeon straight up says, like, I haven't done this before or, uh, you know, do you guys have any tips or, or something like that? I know this person doesn't necessarily want to be in charge or is not currently knowledgeable enough to be in charge. So if they've communicated that, I'll be like, oh, I can CC this and you attack that. You know. But if they don't say anything, I assume they know what they're doing. They're going to tell people to do or they're just going to charge in and I have to kill stuff. Yeah, yeah it's, I, it's really not. Yeah. I, go, I, go ahead. I'm the person in dungeons who just silently does target a target, focus on the tank <laughs> and just hits what they're targeting. <laughs> That's how I handle it. I'm like, they I've probably done... know what they're doing. I'm just going to kill what they're killing. Cool. And then no, the I... rest of the time, I'm a phantom. It's like I'm not even there. I've done runs where I've literally told people nothing as a tank. Like I've said, in fact, I've done runs where I haven't spoken. I mean, obviously you're not speaking half the time in, in you know, dungeons with pugs anyway because, you know, you'd have to type it out. But I've done runs where I, I haven't communicated anything. Uh, and not in a bad way, just in a, you know, okay, maybe I'll type going to pull now or, you know, tr trying to corner pull. Other than that, that's, that is a problem I have is that I tend to do stuff that is kind of old 
like corner pulling, line of sight pulls, stuff like that, that people don't do yeah, much Yeah, but see, anymore. I'm used to that kind of thing because I've been playing as long as you have, so. Yeah, it's not a problem with this group, but with other groups it can be. Just, I honestly, if I would say give it a shot. Honestly, try to find your comfort level, and you'll probably be fine. Um, most groups will be just so happy to have a tank that as long as you're not a raging jerk, they'll put up with whatever your level of comfort is, and they'll adjust to you. Particularly at the beginning of an expansion when tanks are in short supply to begin with. Mm-hmm. So uh, next email is from Amianus, who is an undead priest from Nagrand, who says, Hi, watchers, and some weeks ago you stated you were attempting to gold cap with just garrison missions. How's that going? I'd mostly stop playing WoW at that point, but your comment intrigued me, and I thought I'd give it a go myself. From a starting point of about 550k gold, I have capped using just the garrison, shipyard, and running firelands on a number of tunes each week. Draenor would be easily the most gold prolific expansion we've had. I think I had about 60k when it launched, and from what you've seen so far, will Legion be similar, or will Blizzard put the brakes on the WoW economy? Does the tenfold increase in gold cap indicate that the rivers of gold will continue to flow? Thanks from a proud supporter, Amy. Um, my my uh, gold cap journey is like stalled because I keep forgetting to log on and get my mission. <laughs> But I think I'm at like about 575k, almost 600. I'm not sure. And yes, I I know I don't have the transmog yet. I still don't want it. I just there are other things I want to spend my gold on when I hit cap. But anyway, yak is the best thing ever. How much is it? The yak? yak? It's like 125k. It's less than that if you have the proper reputation. No, it's not. There is no rep decrease for it. Yeah, there is. No, there's not, because I am exalted with every last single stinking thing in Pandaria, and it's still 125k. I didn't pay that much for it. Well, Did then I? you lucked out. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. But, um, Alex, do you know a little bit more about this as far as, like, um, are the Rivers of Gold plentiful in Legion? Well, disclaimer, I haven't checked how much gold you get for things recently. Um, when I was doing lots of world quests and stuff, uh, there's a lot of confusion about how much gold things gave you. Um, there are a lot of display bugs where you would see a world quest on your map, and it would say you would get like 60 gold for finishing it or whatever, and you finish it, but it would actually give you 200 some gold. So was 200 intended or was 60 intended? I don't know. And at one point they added a gold reward to killing the world quest world bosses, and the gold reward was like 35,000 gold for killing the boss. Dang! I don't know if that's supposed to be that way. Dang! I have no clue. So if you just get like 35,000 gold each week for killing a boss, um, <laughs> that's a lot of gold. I don't know if that's intended, though. Uh, World Quest have been wonky because it just will say, yep, you get this, but you get something else. Yeah, a lot of times the quest text is, is still placeholder while they're working on it. I do believe this is still being worked on. Yeah, and I do believe that the overall intent with that raising of the gold cap, yeah, we're still going to be getting a lot of golds from quests and things like that, and it's not going to like disappear. Are we going to get some kind of infinite supply of gold like we did with the garrison? Well, kind of, sort of, because you do get world quests once you hit max level, and those don't go away. They just keep showing up, so as long as you keep doing them, you keep getting more gold. Is it going to be... Are you going to be able to log on and get 4,000 gold from a Blingtron mission? No. Don't yeah. think so. The, the thing I do know is that in World Quests, uh, from something they said months ago now, uh, World Quests are all on like a timer where they expire and they refresh. And it's not like daily quests. They're all on different kinds of timers. So every time you log in, there's probably something different to do. The gold quests refresh faster than everything else. The ones that just give gold... If you want gold, you can log in a few times a day and get different quests to go get gold. Um, they, they refresh faster than the things that give items or gear or whatever else. So I think they're on like four-hour refresh or something. So if you're like a Saturday, if you log in in the morning and once in the afternoon and once at night and just do a couple quests, there's going to be fresh gold quests for you every time you log in. If that's something you want to do, logging in multiple times a day. Well, there you go. Oh, and Glacier Wolf and Saracen both pointed out in the chat channel, and I totally forgot about this. Um, there was a guild vendor price reduction. There was a guild perk that reduced the price of mm-hmm. items on vendors. 
Rossi, uh, and they took that yeah. out. That's where the reduction came from. It wasn't reputation. But yeah, I knew they I didn't pay. I knew I didn't pay. Yeah, yeah, they removed that. And since I haven't bought the yak yet, it's still full price for me. I didn't. I didn't take yak advantage. Yak is the best thing in the game. Yeah, I didn't take advantage when the price was low. Oh well. <laughs> I guess I could get a yak. Yak is so awesome. I mean, I would get it just to be able to turn my hat off in the middle of nowhere. I know. Well, that's something that should be default anyway, because it's always been like you've always been able to do it from anywhere. So, it, yeah, just, anyway, if, we're I, getting... if I didn't have the ability to mount and change my gear every time I got a piece of quest gear while leveling, I'd go nuts. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next email is from Firesparks, Guardian Druid of Whisperwind, who says, Hello, Watchers. I can't find a definitive answer to this anywhere, so I thought I'd ask you. How do minor cosmetic glyphs work in Legion? I understand that most glyphs are gone, along with the glyph interface. You now apply a glyph directly to your spellbook. What I don't know is how permanent the new setup is. Are glyphs still spec-specific? Do I need two to four copies of a glyph to apply it to the same spell in each spec? i.e. Glyph of the Orca. If I apply a glyph to a talented spell and then change the talent, do I keep the glyph when I reselect the talent, i.e. Glyph of Stars? Lastly, what happens to the glyphs we are already using on live? Thanks for all you do. The Uncut Podcast is basically the best. Fire Sparks. They're gone. The uh, ones we're using on live are just yeah, gone. They're, they're, they're ashes. They're, they're dust. <laughs> if you have them in your like bank, when, when the pre-patch drops, they will turn into... This has been burned by the cataclysmic power of the you, legion. And yeah, you, yeah, you basically just got a bunch of burnt paper you sitting in your bank. You have a bunch of trash. Yeah. Um, as far as the spell glyphs go, I haven't experimented with swapping specs. This is still something that I need to do. Um, I know my elemental shaman, I discovered that there's like a glyph of the ghost wolf that'll make your ghost wolf form look like a spirit wolf. Um, and there's also a glyph that you can purchase that makes it look like a spirit raptor, which is about the coolest thing ever. And when I use that glyph, it just, it gave me, it actually gave me a warning. It said, this will change your spell in your spell book. Are you sure you want to do this? And I said, yes. And it went ahead and changed the spell so that it's spirit raptor. But if I go back and I go to change back to like ghost wolf or whatever, it'll let me do that. You know, I can apply different glyphs to it or whatever. Um, I didn't try changing specs because my shaman is elemental and I didn't pick up another spec on the server yet. Have either of you guys done that? I no. have, but I have, I've changed specs quite a bit back and forth, but I haven't had any glyphs applied to anything because I'm a warrior okay. and don't have anything cool. I know that um, the one thing I do know is some things just have like some glyphs have just become part of spells. Some yeah. spells just have them built in. Like, yeah. The effect of, uh, so I know that much, but yeah, I don't, I, the glyphs I was using, like the one that gives, you know, like I was using mostly like the big glyphs and a lot of times I didn't even have any lesser glyphs. Like I didn't care. Like, you know, okay, it gives me crows. I don't care. So a lot of times I just don't even use them because they just, they don't do anything for me. They don't interest me. So Saracen yeah, in the chat channel is saying that you need the glyph for each spec. So you will need multiple glyphs for like each spec if you have several different specs, apparently. Okay, or at least yeah. right now on the beta, that's how it's working. <laughs> I didn't do much spec swapping on beta because um, just because of how artifacts work. Instead of ooh, 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 I should mention that. Have you guys checked the vendor? There's like a, a vendor in your in your class hall. He's like your quartermaster. Have you checked him? Uh, he not gives recently. Item, he gives you item level seven forty greens of whatever spec items you don't have. Like you say, you've got the uh, artifact. Oh, really? For for like arms. He's got a he's got a two-handed sword that I can buy two of for fury, and he's got a sword and shield that I could buy for prot. And it's just gold, right? It's just gold. It's like a hundred gold for one of them. Okay. And, I, and it's like you know, so if you want to try out a spec but you don't have an artifact for it yet, um, you can do that, and it'll it's not as good. Like the base artifact starts at 750 and then goes up with stuff. This isn't as good. It's only 740, but it's still like something. It gives you something. Yeah. Okay. So if yeah. you have to switch over, you have that item. Beta being what it is with pre-made characters and so forth. Yeah, I never did a lot of spec switching on a specific character because if I wanted a different spec, I just created a new pre-made because it was faster. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I was like, oh, I have an Affliction Warlock, but I want to check out Demonology. I'll just make a new Warlock and get the Demonology artifact instead of leveling this Affliction to X amount of time to get... Yeah, it was just faster to make another character. I'm just, I'm just pointing that out for people who yeah, will not sure. be doing that. Um, and keep in mind that this is still beta, so all of these things are kind of subject to change. But as it stands right now, that's what's going on. Yeah. So, 
All right. Uh, next email is from Tree Heel CTR Guild on Airy Peak, who says, Greetings, watchers. I'm an aging raider that started back in the Burning Crusade days. Like a lot of WoW players in my age bracket, I don't have much time for raiding anymore. However, I find that I can currently scratch that old raiding itch by running Warlords of Draenor Mythic Dungeons with friends. I love that they can provide somewhat challenging group content that doesn't take hours to complete. My question is this. Do you think that Legion-style Mythic Dungeons will become the preferred endgame for WoW's aging player base who has limited gaming time? I, for one, am very excited to jump into legion's mythic dungeons to see how high i can go in their scaling difficulty thank you for all the work that you put into the show i look forward to it every week tree hill what do you guys think maybe um i still have you know tend to have an issue that uh hard difficulty in wow does take a time investment outside of the actual content itself is an issue i run into a lot um i don't have a guild right now and finding one and finding people i like and so forth is also a time investment, so I haven't done Mythic Dungeons because I haven't put in the time to find a guild and so forth. Um, if you have a guild, yeah, I think Mythic Dungeons are going to be awesome. Uh, for me, I find it difficult to even get started. Uh, I, there's also the fact that the world content is pretty expansive, and once you hit max level, that is an option for players who are even more limited on time. So I don't know if Mythic is going to be the end game. Uh, it might be. It certainly feels like it's the first time it's ever. Re- it's the closest it's ever been to being a viable end game progression. Like you can seriously do this instead of raiding. It's like small scale, uh, but yeah. It does feel like you could definitely have you know you you and your group of five to seven friends could make a guild and just do this and get good gear and have stuff to do and it will keep getting harder. Like it, it'll it'll scale to your level of ability and gear. Because you'll find new stones and unlock new prefixes. It's similar in a way to uh, the Diablo rifts, greater rifts thing, where you can keep making it. You can keep Which adding. Which is pretty this, fun, know. so I'm okay with this. I, I don't have a problem with it. I'm kind of in the same boat as Alex right now, as I have a guild and it's full of friends, but we don't play at the same times. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, one of the things I've actually been trying to come up with in my head is a way to like trick the Blizzard Watch people into forming a guild, and then like I'll have people to talk to. See, that would but, be kind of fun for me because right now I'm like, I, I have my characters and I have a server and I have a guild, but the guild is kind of deserted at the moment just because we're in that drought. And yeah. I don't know who's coming back, when they're coming back, whether or not they'll be available to play at the times that I'm available to play because my schedule is kind of up in the air just due to what I do on a daily basis. So... Raiding is one of those things. I took a break from raiding at the end of Missa Pandaria and I decided, okay, I'm not going to do the whole raiding guild thing in Warlords. I'm going to give myself some extra free time. And then I promptly filled all that free time with stuff that I need to do every day. <laughs> so I don't think I can really go back to raiding now. And yeah. and yeah. I don't I don't really I don't have like four people at my disposal that are available when I'm available to go do this stuff. So Anything like that is kind of difficult for me. And yeah, Rossi, if you want to do some kind of Blizzard Watch Guild thing, pfft, I'd be for it. Yeah. yeah I, I my, just, I, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I just it's, it is one of those things. It is a concern for players, you know, once you've been playing for a while. You, you know, I have a, you have a job, you have a life, you want to see your, you know, the people that are important to you in your real life. It just, rating does take a lot of time. Like, we did it up until, like, like Anne said, she took her break around Mists. I had to stop around Mists. And... It, it, we, did, we did raiding up to, like, you know, it, it was taking a lot of time. Uh, I was in, in a raid three nights a week for, like, four hours a night. And then you have to do, a, like, a, you have to do that much prep time to do that much raiding. That's the thing people don't really get is if you're going to raid for, like, say, four hours a night, you will probably spend at least two hours prepping for it. You know, getting yeah. your stuff all set up, all your gear the right way, all your consumables, all that stuff takes time. It's I not mean, as much as it took in vanilla, because vanilla took like an obscene oh, yeah. amount <laughs> yeah. of time to prep for raids. But yeah, but <laughs> fire resistant potions, anyone? Yeah. Anyway. All right, everybody, we're, get, we're forming a raid group to go kill some dream dragons, to get nature resist gear, to go kill some dragons in some other places. <laughs> Who's ready to go farm Felwood? <laughs> yeah. yeah. In- at, at this point in the game, you know, during this, I think some people will come back uh, with Legion, but probably not as many as previously. But in my guild right now, because of the content drought, it's me and one other guy playing in the guild. We are never online at the same time. I just look 
at the guild listing and who has been online recently. And it's he will have logged in every day that I've logged in, but we have never seen each other online. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's the guild. The two of us constantly missing each other. So yeah, I think I do think that it's a possibility for groups that are like small and have like the 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 time to be on at the same time. But I honestly feel like the the open world stuff is going to be for people who don't who just don't have that even. The world quest and, is what I'm really excited about. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the solo stuff, and the thing is, is like I would like to do that mythic stuff, but trying to find four people who can like be available when I'm available when I don't even know when I'm going to be available is just kind of like. How's that supposed to work? You know, but Rossi, yeah, if you want to form something like some sort of something, I mean, I've done dungeons and I've done raids with you before. So I've been thinking about it for a horde character just because that way I I can play a horde character and not be like standing around by myself. (laughs) Yeah. All right. uh, Next email is from Gorquen. I think this will probably be our last email here, too. Uh, Gorquen says, Greetings, watchers. While waiting out in a queue in Ironforge, I happened to start reading the signs on the artifacts that are set up outside of the library in the Hall of Explorers. One of them, the Highborn Astrolab, claims that it was, quote, unquote, recovered from the undersea ruins of Suramar. Now, I'm not in the beta, but I was under the impression that Blizzard had decided to make it so that Suramar had been magically shielded and thus had never sunk, is still whole, and is entirely above sea level. Are there any submerged Suramarian ruins either present or referenced by NPCs on the beta? If not, can we assume that there are some, given the city's proximity to the Sundering? Or is this just a really old piece of flavor text that fell through the cracks and is now irredeemably outdated? Thanks, Gorquin. Surmar did not entirely survive. Not all of that's, it. That's established. The, the the thing that happened was that they shielded what was already what was still intact when the actual big explosion happened, and then they rebuilt because they've had ten thousand years. <laughs> they they didn't just say, "Well, we've got some city left. We're going to live in the ruins now." They built. They kept going because they had it. They had ten thousand years, but they've been. Um, they, they've actually had a really advanced case of Pandariitis, where they thought everybody else was dead. <laughs> they were well, in their magical bubble, and they didn't care. They were like, "Ah, we're good. All right." They survived the Sundering, and the Sundering was kind of a major thing, especially from where yeah. they were standing. So it sort of stands to reason that they would think that. Yeah, because it was it's, pretty disaster film all over the place. Before they switched to the beta, I managed to get in there and do some quests, um, and it was actually very hard because it was not very stable. And uh, the the these there's a, a a nightborn mage that that takes you along and is working with you and and telling you stuff. And one of the things you find out is that they're these guys make the blood elves look like you know dilettantes who go to wine tastings occasionally. To be fair, like, they probably do. Yeah, uh, that's true. But <laughs> I'm talking like you know if if like that's all they about, do. <laughs> You're talking about magic addiction, like you know, there's, there's, you know, I have a little magic sometimes, but you know, I'm not, I'm not addicted to it, or I'm a two pack a day magic user, or you know, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the magic pretty heavy. Then there's these guys who are like, just stick it in my veins. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they, not so subtly suggest that mana is their meth, and yeah, uh, you basically get a toy to that you can take mana meth. So. Yeah, there's. If you look at them too, they're 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 pretty. Even the ones who aren't like really destroyed yet are already starting. They they don't look like elves anymore all the way. Like if you remember the withered, yeah, it's they, they kind of have that going on. It's, yeah, yeah, it's kind of. So I actually found it really unsettling in the beta. Um, well, do you remember the picture I took of the one whose head wasn't working right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I I won't say whether it's a good or bad thing that I was unsettled. I don't know. Maybe they want to be unsettling, but certainly more than anything else in World of Warcraft. It was weird dealing with the, yeah. the the Nightborn and the Withered in in Legion. But their culture is entirely built around the, the the enclave they made for themselves and the bubble they built for themselves, and they have much of Suramar didn't survive. And it's not even a big stretch to imagine like there's parts of Suramar that were underwater. For that matter, we're still not a hundred percent clear on exactly how much of Suramar and how much of the Broken Isles was raised versus has always been up. Obviously, some places like High Mountain and Valshara weren't underwater because they've got life all over them. And like you know, I'm going to take. I mean, you guys always take the lore position. I'm going to take the gameplay position, right? Okay. Vanilla World of Warcraft. When they put this library, this museum in Ironforge, 
what was the, the most recent knowledge of Super Mario? Warcraft 3, where it was a bunch of rocks and a bunch of sunken ruins. In Warcraft 3, that's what it was. It was just a sunken civilization. There mm-hmm. was no larger thing. There was no broken isles that were getting in Legion. There was no magic was... bubble. Yep. They didn't even conceive of that in 2004, 2003, whenever they created that museum. In 2003, 2004, that's what it was. It was undersea ruins, because that's what it was in Warcraft 3. The Suramar we have now is something they invented quite recently because they wanted to go to somewhere cool in the Broken Isles. Yeah, and I'm totally okay with that in terms of a gameplay thing. It's like someone asked the other day in the queue, is like, you know, you know, if we didn't have retcons, what would WoW be like now? I'm like, okay, WoW would be Trash. us in Stonewind Pass because that was the name of the city, Stonewind. Uh, there'd be no high, no night elves, probably no blood elves, certainly no, um, you know, Forsaken. Uh, half the game wouldn't be there because no Worgen. Yeah. Um, no Kalimdor. No Northrend. If there were no retcons, uh, you would be fighting for God and sending people to hell. Mm-hmm. It'd be a really weird game. You're working Essentially, with Essentially, a lot of that stuff, a lot of that stuff got split off and put into Diablo. Quite frankly. Yeah, I think quite a bit. Hopefully, they that answers off your the God thing. They did. They 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 did that pretty quick, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so hopefully that answers your question, Gorquin, and that wraps us up. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answers on the podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Anne. Uh, this has been Blizzard Watch. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll be here next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.